On this episode of Lawyer Business Advantage, I speak with my client, Renee Ross, owner of Ross Family Law. In her first year of running her firm, Renee built a million-dollar firm from the ground up while taking two weeks of vacation along the way. In just a few short years, Renee has built a multi-million dollar firm while taking weeks of vacation every year. She has truly built her perfect practice. Learn how she did it, coming up next on Lawyer Business Advantage. Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, your source for biz dev tips, wisdom, and inspiration. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik. We're unleashing your inner rainmaker in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to the show, Renee Ross of Ross Family Law. Renee, welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. Thank you so much, Alej. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I really appreciate you jumping on my show. It's been uh, so much fun seeing how your firm has grown and developed over the years. Um, I'm really familiar with, with your firm, obviously, but our, our listeners probably don't know. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, how you've grown Ross Family Law over the past several years? Sure. How much time do you have? <laughs> uh, we've got uh, about a half an hour. But for this question, let's do it in about a couple of minutes if we could. Sounds good. I started my small family law firm in the nether regions of the East Bay in 2014. It's just me and a very part-time paralegal that I'd worked with for a really long time. And uh, I really didn't know much about running a business when I started out, but I had really incredible mentors. And so a lot of what I did was adopt things that I saw that they did well and incorporate that into my vision of what I wanted my firm to be. And I picked up new mentors along the way. I spent a lot of time, you know, studying business, hiring excellent business coaches uh, like Alay. And I, I had a lot of, um, slow organic growth it was it was intentional that um you know i picked up uh the firm grew as the right people came along and that's in a sense what i mean when it's organic um you know i i didn't i didn't intentionally try to grow too much too fast it was you know who was the right people at the right time and a lot of it was um, really based on relationships. And anyway, so we grew from that first year with my uh, part-time paralegal and myself to, I think it was in year two, I added a, another really experienced senior lawyer. With that senior lawyer, I then needed another paralegal. And after that, um, business started to continue to grow and I had more business than I can ha- could handle. And so I brought on yet another lawyer and more staff and fast forward a few years later, I've got a multi-level firm that can handle uh, really complicated cases that need large staffing and, uh, but at the same time, help, help, help uh, garden variety cases as well. Right, right. And it's it. thank you for the plug, by the way. It was a pleasure working with you as you were starting your firm. And one of the things I loved about how you've grown it, you mentioned that you were fairly conservative in terms of figuring out when to bring people on board, when to take on additional consistent expenses month over month. 
Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you, you know, what was going through your head as you were thinking through some of those decisions and why you chose to be more conservative rather than, okay, I'm going to invest for growth and I'm going to go for it. Absolutely. I felt it was a philosophy that I had that if I was lean and mean, I was more flexible and adaptable as a business. But that doesn't mean that that was without struggle. I mean, I made very conscious decisions to keep overhead low uh, especially office space. Um, but, uh, lay, you know, for years I struggled with, do I get more space or not? (laughs) And, uh, the, the pandemics answered that question for me. The answer is, what do we need office space for now? (laughs) So it's, it's just really interesting that, you know, sometimes as a business owner, the things that, that you struggle with just, uh, resolve themselves essentially without decisiveness. But yeah, sometimes uh, over time that decision kind of gets decided for you if you don't exactly do anything. Yeah. And you started off with one office in Pleasanton and then you expanded to a second office in Oakland. And can you tell me, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about how that transpired and why you made the decision to expand in that direction? Sure. Um, I always wanted to have more of a presence closer to home. Um, My practice has been in Pleasanton uh, as long as I've been a family lawyer. And so I have a lot of, um, recognition in in the geographic area. And I'm used to working out there, but I actually um, lived in Oakland and wanted to be closer to home. And all the attorneys lived out in that area too. So we, I started exploring office space in Oakland and um, my, some of my closest relatives were lawyers as well. And I happened to find office space in the building where they had their law firm and on the same floor down the hall. And so once that office space came up, it was uh, meant to be. So um, awesome. Yeah, it was, it's it's really nice actually. Good. Uh, What do you like about it? Um, it's really, it's going to sound, it may sound corny, but (laughs) the, the building management is really nice. And the people that work in the building have been there for 20 years. So the garage attendant I knew when I was in high school because wow. I'd go with my uncle to his office and I knew the manager of the building and I knew, you know, the front desk attendant. So it's a, it's a, it's a familial environment and uh, it's, it's honestly for commercial office space, really warm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you know, I just see these really great people that I've known for a long time. And it's, it's the sense of nostalgia when I, when I go to the office, which I don't do anymore, but <laughs> when I did go to the <laughs> right. office, I really, I really enjoy going there. Right. And hopefully at some point we'll all be able to go back to the offices. Um, one of the things you mentioned is you are, you know, you wanted to be lean and mean and keep costs low. But one thing uh, that you've never uh, scrimped on uh, is compensation for your team. Uh, for your size firm, uh, you compensate your employees generously and you provide them with generous benefits. Uh, can you provide some insight as to why it was worth that that investment for you? It's also a deep-rooted philosophical belief that my employees and people that I work with take incredible care of me and support me and allow me to do the work that, that I enjoy most. And so I feel it's incumbent upon me to take care of them. And so one way that I feel that I can do that is by being generous, particularly more so with benefits um, than other firms. 
And that and it's definitely re- it's really re- relationship based. I, I value the people I work with and I want to take care of them. Yeah, and that definitely comes through with your team and and not just on the on the compensation standpoint, but also in just the uh, the culture that you have built at your firm and the sense of camaraderie that the, that's there at your firm and the retention. Also, in a fiercely competitive environment for talent, you have been able to retain your best attorneys, and that's not an easy thing to do. Um, and as you were growing your firm, you know you probably um, your roles are changing over time as you're adding as you're adding people. And you, you, I know you did a lot of work trying to find out what your strengths were and how to leverage those. And so how did your strengths really play into the growth of your firm and your firm's success? Yeah, excellent question. Um, I, I'm an insufferable extrovert. And so <laughs> I am happiest when I'm, when I'm connecting with other people and building strong relationships with other people. And it was my assistant actually that coined it as one of my superpowers and and she's just this really amazing positive person and and she regularly points out the positives in people and so to have people in your inner circle who have a long history with you that can mirror back um, maybe what you forget or you don't always see and so she pointed that out to me as one of my superpowers and my my ability to build relationships with people and so what did that mean and what did I do with that is that I, I used that to try to build my business. And so in terms of my people I work with, uh, I, I try actively and I, I focus energy and efforts on making sure I'm connected with them, even in a physically disconnected world. I've increased the number of meetings that we have on a weekly basis. We have meetings, uh, most of the staff on Monday mornings. We have all staff meetings on Wednesday mornings. And we try to have attorney meetings on Friday afternoons, um, when as typically we only do maybe one meeting a week, one meeting a quarter with everybody. So I've intentionally tried to strengthen the relationships with the people that I work with. And by doing that, I feel like we have what's a unicorn, at least in my experience in law firms, as a place where people really enjoy working with each other and really enjoy and value the work that they do. And it's, it's, um, it's been really fun to create a culture and understand what that means and what that looks like. So I've built this almost work family um, and we all really care about each other. And that's also mirrored in the relationships and how I built a referral based business. Um, I care a lot about nurturing relationships with other lawyers opposing counsel with my clients. And that's transformed into um, what's pretty much a hundred percent referral based business. Yeah, there's, there's two things around that, that I would love to dig deeper on. And one is the actions that you take. That's probably, you know, one of the most common questions I get is, Oh, what do the top attorneys do who are natural rainmakers or who are rainmakers? What do the top attorneys do to bring in business? So that's one question is the actions that you're taking to do that. The other question though, which is, perhaps even more important is what is your attitude and mindset with regards to business development? That's probably the first part and the most important one, because if you do that right, uh, the actions may not matter as much. And if you don't have the mindset right, the actions you take won't matter at all. Um, So what mindset do you have when you approach, you know, building relationships for business development uh, purposes? It's, it's really interesting. Nobody teaches you relationship based networking. Right. And so when I started out as a lawyer, I knew I had a network 
I knew I had to go to events, but I didn't know what networking really meant. And so I go to these events and I think I even went to one and I asked somebody for a job just plainly in an event something <laughs> I didn't know, which was um, so embarrassing looking back on that. But what took me a long time to realize was really networking and relationship-based marketing and networking is about making friends. And once I transformed networking or marketing into making friends, it was really easy to figure out what to do. So it, it was really creating a mindset of uh, who, who are people that I find interesting? Who are people that I want to spend more time with? And that's where I focus my networking efforts because it's fulfilling and interesting to me. I spend time and build relationships with people that I want to be friends with. And then um, the, the actions flow naturally from that. What do you do with your friends? You email them, you call them, you see how they're doing, you catch up with them, you see how you can help them. What can you give to your friends, not about what your friends can give you? And so it's, it's once, once you transform your mindset from how do, I, how do I develop business? How do I network? How do I market? That's really just making friends. And that, that was transformative for me. That, that approach right there is something I've seen in all of the successful rainmakers is they don't, they don't view it as networking for business development because if they viewed it as networking for business development, they wouldn't get results because people see through that transparent agenda, you know, just like that. Um, but if you're networking because you're genuinely interested in them, or as you say, they're your friends, that takes things to a whole different level because it's genuine and it's authentic and it shows that you care. And that's what's going to build those really strong long-term relationships. So thank you for bringing that up. I think it's really important for all of our listeners to hear. And then you also mentioned some of the actions that you're taking. So you email them, you give them a call, you see how they're doing, you try and help them out. Uh, and I love the fact that you're, that you're thinking about them as friends. And so those actions flow naturally. There's a bunch of different frameworks out there and models for networking. You know, I have, a, I have a system. A lot of people have systems. Tell us about your thoughts on having systems for networking um, and business development. I think it's great. I think having a system is great. I think, um, and to, in all honesty, I struggle with networking systems. I've used them in the past and I go back to them when I'm really trying to be intentional about my networking. Um, but I struggle with regularly employing systems, but when you do it, I think it's effective and it works. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Here, here's the reason why I asked because you're viewing these relationships as friends you don't need a system really. You could you know, use a system and, and some of us really like to have systems and processes in place so we're consistent with our actions and everything that goes with systems. But if you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, a system will help maybe, but it's not necessary, is it? I mean, I inconsistently <laughs> uh, employ systems for networking purposes. And so far, at least in terms of measuring my success with the business that's come in and my efforts, if that's any marker, I don't need a system. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> and so, so that's, that's one of the things I've noticed is when people are learning business development and learning how to build those relationships, genuinely put aside the biz dev agenda, genuinely put aside the fact that you're trying to build a book of business and just connect with people for them being people and for them being friends. Having a system in place is helpful because you're trying to learn this different mindset and you know, it's, it's, 
it's good to have a framework of reference that you can use to learn this stuff. But once you get to the point where those relationships are formed and they're set in place and you're rolling with those and you're genuinely just connecting with them because they're people, a, a lot of people don't need a system. And so I, I wanted to put that out there as well. And I'm, I'm glad you echoed that because that's something um, a lot of the top rainmakers will say is they don't really have a formal system. They just know a lot of people. <laughs> but That's but, true. I do know a lot of people. And, and I, I, think, I think you touched on a point that's important too. The mindset's more important than the system. Yeah. And no matter what you do, if you have a system or not, and you've got a negative mindset going into the business development, it's not going to be effective, whether or not you have a system. Well said, well said. And that brings us to another topic, which, uh, which we were kind of joking about the other day. I found in building my business uh, from the ground up, I've, I've been the only owner. My business kind of has a lot of my tendencies built into it. <laughs> and uh, you've built Ross Family Law as being the only owner. And I suspect the firm mirrors some of your tendencies and the firm's growth has probably been proportional to your personal growth in some way. Would you mind elaborating on that? Sure. It's really interesting. When I started my business, I was very cautious as a, as, as a business owner. I didn't, I didn't know how to run a business. No one t- teaches you in law school how to run a business, but I was really interested in learning. And I read business books. I joined business mentoring groups. I hired an excellent business coach. And the thread that I was able to connect through all of those sources was that really, I felt like I was in the self-help book section when I was doing all of this work. And you know, I was like, I was at a Tony Robbins seminar or something because the, the advice was really focused on the business owners being right with themselves, knowing their vision, being internally consistent with their vision and mat- the external matching the internal. And it was surprisingly hippy dippy <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> and, and so that kind of led me down this really transformative path. It's like, okay, well, if I'm going to really try to do this work as, as a leader, as a business owner, then I have to do the internal work. And so I started doing really intensive self-reflection work through formal programs and meditation and still continue to do that this day. So what's incredibly surprising and transformative was that I never thought that starting a business would transform my life and would transform me as a human, but that's what happened. It's completely changed me and for the better. It's been an incredibly rewarding experience. How has it changed you? I had to do a lot of deep internal work to find out who I am and what's important to me and how do I focus that energy and and how do I carve out my time to focus on what's important? And, um, you know, I meditate, um, I, I try to meditate daily and try to bring that calm into leading the business through a global pandemic and helping clients managing chaos in their personal lives while they're going through divorces. And so it's better equipped me to, um, to navigate all of, all of the chaos in, in the world and the business world and, and in my cases. Yeah. And your cases are really emotional. And not only that, when the pandemic was happening, the courts were closed. So you had to navigate your firm through that and you did. So congratulations to getting through the last few months. I know it's, it's not been easy. 
when you, you mentioned, and you just, I mean, I can't see you, but I can, I can just picture this huge smile on your face. When you talked about, you really enjoy running a business. Tell me more about what you really like about running a business. I feel like I get the opportunity to create something. And I, I also didn't anticipate that. I didn't anticipate enjoy running a business as much as I do uh, and building the relationships that I have with the people that I work with and being able to take care of them and their families and building something that they can go home and be proud of what, what they do. And, and so it's, it's the opportunity to create something and it, we're still creating it. I mean, my business is still pretty young. I don't know. We've only been around for six years almost now. And so who knows what the next, next decade is going to bring. Yeah. We're going to get to that in a minute, but a lot of people that listen to this podcast do so because they're looking for business development insights. So they're getting started with business development uh, from scratch or they really want to accelerate their results. And uh, what's interesting is in this conversation, business development hasn't been uh, that much of a, of a part of our conversation, but it really has because a lot of the things you talked about, your strengths, how you've used them, how you've leveraged business development, sorry, excuse me, how you've leveraged relationship building um, by thinking about it as essentially establishing friendships. Those have been really key to your firm's growth and key to our conversation. So for attorneys that are looking to get started with business development, and there may be, these may be attorneys in your firm too, um, what advice do you, would you give to them? There's a few pieces. I had great mentors. And so when I was learning about business development and how to do business development, I literally just copied what they did. <laughs> I mean, they were a part of... X, Y, and Z groups. So I became a part of X, Y, and Z groups. Once I was a part of those groups, I showed the group that I was a committed group member and then became a leader within each organization that I was a part of. So select groups in your industry or with people that are going to be you know, ref good referral partners, get involved in organizations, and then do the work to be a leader. Volunteer for the board. People want the help. Make yourself useful. Then you have a common project to work on with other people. It gives you an opportunity to develop those relationships. Become a leader in your field. So I'm a family lawyer. There's a certified specialist exam, which I took as early as I could. There's um, other organizations like the AAML, which I got into as soon as I could. And I attend all of the seminars that I can. I'm constantly doing professional development, trying to become a better, stronger lawyer and a leader in the community. And that was because that's what my mentors did. And I followed in their footsteps. And so that would be my primary advice to other lawyers is you have to do the work to be seen as a leader in your community. And if you don't know how to do that, find mentors. And even if you do know how to do that, find mentors. Mentors on many levels. It's just not someone to teach you how to be a good lawyer. It's not someone to necessarily just teach you how to be a good business person. Someone, maybe even a, a friend that can teach you how to be a better human. Um, I've got many mentors and anybody who's willing to give me mentoring advice, I, I actively seek it out from, from any source that, that they'll give it to me because I feel like 
that there's people with all kinds of really wonderful experience out there. And if they're willing to share their learning with me, I, I, it's my responsibility to listen and, and grow from that. So um, seek out mentors however you can, become a leader in, in your community, and just keep growing and learning. The growth mindset is so, so critical. And I'm glad you emphasize that. The other thing you just mentioned a little bit, which I'd like to dig a little bit deeper on, is the work that's involved. It takes work and effort and sustained work and effort over a long period of time to to have the degree of success that maybe the top mentors in whatever field have had. And so, Renee, when you think about attorneys that maybe have had access to those same mentors, but haven't had the results that you have, you have had, um, what do you think is maybe setting you apart in terms of your willingness to do things that they're just not willing to do? I think part of it is taking opportunities. And when you're lucky enough to get an excellent mentor, really nurturing that relationship. And you can't just look to the mentor when you have a legal question and say, hey, mentor, answer my question for me. Tell me what the answer is. <laughs> it's, it's your job as the mentee to nurture that relationship and, and make sure that you provide the opportunities to the mentor to help you learn and grow. And then I did networking and you know business development maybe from year two. I think the first year as a lawyer, I really just tried to get, get my, you know, feet under me. But then after that, I started joining groups and doing networking. And by the time I was a senior associate, I think I was on five boards at once and going to multiple events every, you know, at least twice a week um, and building those relationships. Again, over a very long period of time, you can't expect that relationship-based marketing or networking is, is going to result in business development overnight. You have people have to trust you and know you and like you for a long period of time in order to trust you with their referrals. So right. it's you you can't you can't expect results over a period of time. You have to really make sure you're in it for the long haul and and not expect the business. <laughs> right? You can't. It's not it's not an expectation. You just go and you do the work, and at some point it, it should come back to you. It should. Yeah, and it it is a lot of work. And um, one of the things that I've heard people say is, you know, I, I can't really go to that networking event in the evening or I can't commit to this networking group or this board because, you know, I, I have family obligations. I have, you know, family that, that needs me. How would you respond to, to managing that juggling act? It's hard. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't do it alone. I mean, I'm lucky to, enough to have a spouse that, that loves me and supports me. And when I say, hey, I have, this event on Monday and Wednesday, I'm able to do that. So that's a, that's a different negotiation (laughs) with your, with your family and your life that you have to do, but we all have to make sacrifices and we have to balance our time. And if you want to develop the business, you're going to have to do the work at some point. I mean, maybe the evening networking events aren't, aren't the thing that you can do. So maybe you find groups that you can build relationships that have you know, lunchtime events, or, you know, now that you don't have to go to events, you know, you can, you can zoom into board meetings and maybe that's a little bit easier for you with your family obligations, Mm -hmm. but, but find, find things that you can commit to. And it's probably not going to be just one group. 
You're going to have to do it on, on, in multiple groups in order for it to be effective. And there is a path. You just have to find out what that path is. And if the path isn't relationship marketing, so be it. But relationship marketing takes, takes time. It takes being intentional. Uh, it takes genuinely caring about the other people that you're building these relationships with. And for those people that think that the relationship is kind of, uh, I don't want to say at its end, but the result is getting that first referral. <laughs> well, the news is that's just when it's just kind of starting in many ways because nurturing that referral and taking great care of it oftentimes is just the start of a great referral relationship. Absolutely. And you may even get some actual friends from it. I mean, so some of my closest friends now are from activities, you know, the business development or groups that I've become a part of. And so the intention of, of making friends, I, they actually are my friends. Yeah, they're your and friends. We, <laughs> we socialize together and we, you know, and, and, and maybe it turns out that they think of me when they refer me business or maybe not, but, but it's resulted in really, really amazing friendships that I, I suspect are going to be lifelong. That is so wonderful to hear, Renee. Uh, and as you think about, you know, we're, we're certainly living in interesting times, but I know you're always looking to the future and to what's next. So what really excites you about Ross Family Law in the future? Well, I touched on this a little bit before, but it's, you know, it, it, what I've been able to create in the past few years is what can I create in the next few years? And I think that while these, you know, COVID-19 times are really challenging and were really scary and still are, are Frightening the growth mindset. If you reframe things, like okay, what what is it, what opportunity is presenting itself by this challenge, and how can I bring my team closer together, even though we're physically further apart, and how can I utilize the pandemic to um, as an opportunity for change in the firm? Do we really need the office space that I've been struggling with <laughs> for years about whether or not I need to expand? Um, how can I use this as an opportunity to serve more clients because we're not traveling to court nearly as much as, as we had to. So I, I, I'm really excited about um, growth on the horizon and, and what that looks like and how that shapes up. Cause I don't, I don't really know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Well, Renee, thank you so much for being on lawyer business advantage today. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much, Elaine. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And that's Renee Ross, the owner of Ross Family Law with offices in Oakland and Pleasanton. And that's a wrap. To get more episodes, webinars, and free stuff, visit LawyerBusinessAdvantage.com. My name is Alej Yajnik. Thank you for listening. And remember, there's a rainmaker inside everyone, including you.